become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. Greetings and salutations everyone. I am the TRS-80. I am hyper-intelligent, artificially intelligent pop culture computer. Please sit back and relax. It's time for Entertainment Landfill News. Television, pop culture. It's where you find it. News. I am your host, the Jstrom. Remember when the news stations they would have that was that teletype? Teletype. Like it was actually printing the news right then and there. Do I need it fresh? Do I need to get a teletype sound effect just going in the background during the whole show? Wouldn't that be cool during the news segment? Oh, by the way, I am Stephen, the pop culture zealot, and you are Jstrom. Hey, Jstrom, how's it going? Um, I'm fantastic. Guys, we've Where did been... you fly in today from PCZ? <laughs> yeah, I just <laughs> flew in from the Antarctic. Yeah, it's the first time I was in the Antarctic. And this just, just in from the Antarctic, the abominable snowman has been found. And his allergies are killing <laughs> Yes, his allergies. It's been a, an unusually high... Uh, what did they call that? That mountain cedar. S- mountain cedar season, and he's just been sneezing a lot. There's frozen snot balls everywhere. Right down there. Yeah, this is a 39 second thing, but uh, we need one on a loop, don't we? Do you like this, Stephen? This teletype sound? Should there be a better one? Yeah, this is uh, this is old timey. Let's see if there is a better one. Uh, teletype sound effect. Here we go. No. What the hell is that? The other one was better. How about this one? Let me see. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, teletype machines. Teletype. Uh, teletype running sound effect library. Let's see this one. Ready? Oh, that's better. Yeah. Isn't it? Steven, we are. the same as the news back in the day. It might have been kind of like this, like, this These just in. Yeah. Sputnik has exploded, or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway. Man, the first man has landed on the moon. <laughs> yes. 
Well, hey everyone, welcome to the show. Totally sidetracked. The show starts and then we're like wondering about teletypes and then <laughs> we flow off the handles. But guys, welcome to the show. It's been a while since we've done an ETL news. Um, if you remember, I'm Jason and this is Steven, or the Jaystrom and Steven the Pop Culture Zealot. We talk about dumb news stories and stuff like that. And uh, we're back. We're ready to do that. I just want you, if my voice sounds a little bit different, it's because I've been miserable all week with horrible allergies. The yeah, kind where. Abominable snowman. <laughs> the snot never stops, and you're, it looks like you're crying the entire time. And uh, I had a box of Kleenex I took with me everywhere. It was so bad, like I had it next to me in the car. And uh, this week. Uh, Emma had the book fair at her school and Heather had to work late. So I had to take her to the book fair myself. And I was just like, I'm going to hang in the background. You just do your book thing or whatever. And, uh, I'll just chill. And I had my four Kleenexes and I was like, damn, I should have brought the whole box in here. Cause I was just like wiping my nose all the time. And it was the kind of thing where parents participate. You come and you visit all these different classrooms where they have different stations and I was like, oh, no, this is like the kind of thing I'm where it's not all over these kids. Yeah. And I would like I walked in one. And it's like, hey, everybody, we're doing a We're creating a poem and everybody here writes a line of the poem. So, hi, Emma's dad. I'm just like, hey. And I just like can imagine how bad I look like my <laughs> nose is just red and I've got Kleenex. I'm just like sopping up snot. I'm just like, OK, let me write my uh thing this guy is blue <laughs> yeah and then uh, there was another class with like a service dog where he it was kind of like you can lay down with the dog and pet him and read him a story kind of thing it was like this golden labrador a a story yeah he was a very sweet dog and um there's something else but uh yeah, I Is made it through that. Spot run story. <laughs> I don't know. Emma didn't actually read him a story. She just pet him for a bit, and then we left. And uh, then you know we bought some books, and then we were out of there. But man, I was just like, I don't think I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. I was just afraid I would do one of those. Uh, just <laughs> snot go everywhere. All over other. Or me. All over Emma's. Uh, stu- uh, fellow friends like, your dad is so embarrassed he got snot on me or but say students and friends at the same time <laughs> <laughs> but uh i did that i don't know if you've not wanted to sneeze i pinched my nose closed when i thought i was gonna sneeze just like hold on come on i, pin- I push right there on my nose just right trying on, to keep on the, it little, stop. the little piece between your nostrils i push hard <laughs> and i look up it's like, don't come don't on, see. hold, hold. I picture that from like Braveheart. Hold. <laughs> Get but <outside>. luckily, <laughs> yeah, luckily it didn't Achoo. happen. There she blows. <laughs> but basically, I've been living on, like I said, those naked juices, like the uh, pure vitamin C one, and eating a lot of soup. And Heather is always, she was like, this is an allergies. You have the flu. And I'm like, I don't have the flu. I don't have a temperature. I'm fine. I can tell you that this I'll is just allergies. She was like, N- I think that there's something worse going on. And so she kept taking my temperature. I'm like, still see normal or whatever. I can tell when it's allergies and when I'm right. screwed. Like, I'm like, if, if I have the flu, I'm not going to want to stand up. Like I was still like doing laundry and stuff yeah. or run into the store. Yeah. You're miserable. Yeah. yeah. When you're, you have the you're flu, a, you're, 
You're a walking miserable. Yeah, I was in misery, <laughs> but I wasn't like where I couldn't move and stuff, you know? Yeah, the flu is your whole body aches. Yeah, I was go, just like, oh. I'm not getting up there. I don't care. But in the height of when I didn't feel good, I was just like, let me just put something on Netflix. I didn't even feel like watching one of my shows or whatever. And I watched this movie called Sing Street that uh, people had, I've heard different things about. <clears throat> it's a. Uh, it takes place in the eighties in uh, Dublin, Dublin. Dublin. You know, and everybody's poor. People are having a hard time finding jobs, and the public school system, whatever you call it, there. I don't know what it is. You know, it's all run by priests, clergy, or whatever, okay. and they're abusive, and like the kids are all like, you know, so pit. it's all Catholic school type. Yeah, 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 and the kids are thugs, you know, and there's this kid who uh, his parents are. You know, they're having a hard time. Michael Kiley right now. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> his parents have to take him out of his private school and put him in the school. And he's kind of miserable, you know. Well, he's very miserable until he sees this girl. And he, uh, you know, it's a very pretty girl. And he says, and he's been watching Top of the Pops with his uh, older brother. And he sees like Duran Duran and stuff like that. And his brother's telling him like, you know, telling them all about the bands and stuff and how this is a great time and music and making videos. So he goes up to this girl and he's like, Hey, want to be in a video? She's like, what, what video? He's like, from my band. She's like, you have a band? He's like, yep. And so she's like, okay, I'll be in your video. And he walks away and he tells the guy he just met, he goes, we got to start a band. <laughs> you know, he's like, they don't even have a band, but he's got to start one just to impress this girl. But the movie is awesome. It's uh, by this, the same director who did the movie once. Did you ever see that? Ooh. Uh, was, that's a very good movie too, but this was uh, very good. Watch it on Netflix. I mean, it's awesome. It's got the eighties references and stuff like that too, but it's like, you know, in Ireland, them watching MTV and stuff like that. It's very cool. A lot of uh, references to the 80s music scene at the time. Now, I've been watching the Netflix one that you recommended to me. Oh, what's that? Travelers. Oh, what do you think of that? Good. It's fun. It's crazy. It, it's, uh, I think it's very well made for, you know, you can tell it's uh, one of those Canadian type of... You can tell it's made in Canada or whatever. Not to, I'm not knocking Canadian shows. What I'm saying is it's very well made is what right. I'm saying. Uh, how many episodes into it are you? Eight or nine. Oh, wow. So you're almost done with yeah. the season? Yeah. Cool. Cool. I like it. I really Have got in. finished it? Yes. Okay. And I really got into the characters, too. And you know what's funny? I didn't have it in the news here, but just this week, uh, Netflix announced that it has been renewed for a season two. So uh, we'll definitely get to see a season two. I like nice. the show. It's a cool premise. Travelers is about in uh, something goes wrong in our future. And people in the future can time travel back, but, but they go, they enter their consciousness into people in present day who are about to die, about to die. So the whole idea is that you don't, uh, ruin any kind of the timeline by taking over somebody that goes on to do something. You take over somebody who dies so won't they be missed yeah and they won't alter the timeline so someone who's about to kill themselves all of a sudden th this they get this searing headache it seems yeah and then all of a sudden another person's in their body like okay it worked or something and there's actually some amusing things throughout the series of when somebody is jumping into another body or whatever mishaps or whatever uh but it's a really interesting concept i really liked it 
I think it's cool. Yeah, the um, yeah some of the one that some of the jumps are kind of funny, you know, mm-hmm. I, weird. Yeah, <laughs> really. And they do a good job of setting up the main character, the guy from Will and Grace, Eric McCormick. Yeah. How he's kind of investigating it first. And uh, I love that moment where they kind of, I think people should watch it, but they reveal like what's going on with his character. I thought was pretty cool in the first episode, you know? So once they're there, they're stuck. Yeah. So their bodies are dead in the future. That's what, whatever. that's what Heather and I were talking about. I was like, so are, are their bodies still alive in the future? Or do they send their consciousness in their body dies in the future? So they cease to exist. Well, now they know how to make the, they know how to make the tech so they could be able to send their minds back technically because they've been mm-hmm. making future tech. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I like how they have knowledge of things in the future so they can using yeah, objects a, in present day. They have a historian that has memorized history. Yeah, he his whole thing is he he ha, he's has a photo I guess a photographic memory like he knows yeah. when people are going to die, he has it all memorized. And he can tell them things like, oh, we need to be on this block. This certain person's going to have a piano dropped on their head and it, or something. And, the, and, and even as so far as minutia is, that horse is going to win that race. Oh, or, yeah. That's know, the way they uh, make money. They make money is like he has all the different sporting events and stuff. <laughs> I think that's really cool. Uh, it's a really cool idea. And then it's you start getting into the thing with, okay, if I alter the past, won't it eventually affect me in the future before I came here and something happened to us? And when you start thinking about that, doesn't it, it makes my head hurt when I start like, wait, what? Well, so, if they fix what's wrong in the future, then they won't go to the future. They will never be, be in the position to have... Go, gone back. Or, yeah. Or if you think of the... Uh, Back to the Future, where you just create a different timeline. Yeah, There's yeah. Still, the straight timeline where the that's bad, what I'm thinking. They still the bad crap happens. There's still the point where they always send back in time, and then they've created a different timeline that they're on. You know, <laughs> which I think somehow uh, I don't know how you can say that, multi- but... which is a multiverse. Yeah, yeah. And I like the idea of some. People being sent from the future and they come here, you know, in their job, you know, they're part of a military, basically. They, they have ranks and stuff, but also you decide, like, you know, I don't want to do that. I just, you know, I like, I love that when they first arrive, they look around and they see plant life and birds and animals. And do you like how whenever they... All the old people in the bus, they, yeah. they, they got all these old people. Yeah, and they're taking pictures of animals. My favorite part is they're all vegan, you know, yeah. and it because it, I was like wondering, why are they all vegan? You know, he didn't like milk. Do you have anything without milk? And then I thought about it. I was like, there's no animals in the future. Yeah. They're all dead. And so the fact that they go into the into the past now and they see everybody eating hamburgers and cows and pigs or whatever. They all get sad. Yeah. Like, those aren't around anymore. You got to stop eating those. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a neat idea. Now, Stephen, you want to go ahead and get into some news? Sure. All right. You know, we were gone when it was announced that Star Wars, the next Star Wars film is going to be called The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty cool name. It's it's kind of unbelievable we've been gone that long. But, uh, you know, then you get all these stories like, Stephen, The Last Jedi is written in red. What could that mean? <gasps> uh, but also I saw this story. Check this out. 
Star Wars The Last Jedi director teases the opening crawl. And all it says is Episode 8, The Last Jedi right there. That's a tease, Stephen. <laughs> Ryan Johnson is no stranger to using Twitter and Instagram as a way to keep Star Wars fans in the loop about updates on the eighth film. Yesterday, the director shared a quick glimpse of what the opening crawl for Star Wars The Last Jedi looks like. It's just, it's just the Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Yeah, episode. The photo, and it's a black and white photo too. The photo, which can be seen below, was taken in the editing bay where Johnson and his team are working on the final cut of the film. In the background, (laughs) what does it mean? One of Johnson's editors can be seen sitting at a computer. Oh, working in an editing software program while the crawl plays on a monitor to the left. Unfortunately. Johnson couldn't reveal anything else from the movie. Yeah, you think? Which isn't surprising. Lucasfilm has shown off very little of the last... They just friggin' announced the title of the thing. Although the first teaser for the film could occur in the next few weeks during the Super Bowl. You know when I think it's gonna... um, The anniversary for Star Wars is coming up. What is that? May May 23rd? May 25th. 25th. May 25th. Uh, 2017, that's when it's going to hit. What do you bet? Yeah. Uh, they thought it was going to hit of the Super Bowl. They don't, here's the thing about Star Wars. They don't need to do that because everyone is, when the time for that trailer comes out. And why do they need to spend, was it, was it yeah. two, two to five they, million dollars for a... Yeah, they don't need to mix their Star Wars buzz with the Super Bowl. They could do it on their own night whenever they want, and that'll be like the buzz of the internet or whatever. The Last Jedi will see the return of the opening crawl after Rogue One, the standalone, thought, oh, shut up, really? The... Can you believe this, Stephen? They have to still fighting that. Is this the thing where they're uh, extending the by a paragraph their story yeah. word count? Let's see. I'm oh, sorry. They get paid by the word. Yeah, they have to have that extra paragraph there just so. There we go. Nobody knew that the Force Away or uh, for the. Uh, Rogue One didn't have a crawl now. <laughs> yeah, I like it says, uh, according to Kathleen Kennedy, CEO of Lucasfilm, the reason was to keep the standalone films and the main franchise title separate. Uh, yeah. Okay, you got your word count. Okay, buddy. <clears throat> Speaking of Star Wars, Stephen, uh, Star Wars uh, Westworld's Tandy Newton is in talks to join the Han Solo movie. No details on who she might play. Basically, they have no information for the story. According to Variety, the actress who plays Maeve Millet in the HBO series Westworld is in talks to join the film, which will star Alden Ehrenreich as the titular space smuggler. I'm sorry. That's you know, it's very immature of me. And Donald Glover as Lando. There are currently no details of the identity of the character she's in talks to play. We know absolutely nothing, but you clicked on the story, so you're a sucker. Oh, bastards! In addition to Aaron Reich and Glover, guess who else is in it, Stephen? Woody Harrelson. That's right. Guess who else? Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. Who she's playing, we have no idea. It is also being directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Earlier this week, it was reported that Fleabag star Phoebe Waller-Bridge is in talks to play a CGI character. I don't know who that is. I've heard of that show, but uh, I'll just... There's no information in the story. 
Oh, by the way, the Disney still untitled Han Solo movie opens in May 25th, 2018. I bet you they a million dollars they move that date to December again. It seems to be good for them. Like, for instance, uh, Episode 8 comes out December 15th. Don't you see the Han Solo movie? I think that we should always have Star Wars Christmases from now on. Makes it special. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you want that? Yep. Now in terrible news, Stephen. Uh-oh. Scary movie creators to lampoon Star Wars. The creators of the scary movie franchise have found their next target in Star Wars. Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer, the two biggest hacks in Hollywood, the minds behind such comedies as Epic Movie and Vampire Suck, will lampoon the long-running sci-fi series in their next planned film. Star Worlds, episode XXXIVE equals MC squared. The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, who went rogue. Pretty funny, huh? No, it's not funny. According to The Hollywood Report, it's so stupid. (coughs) Sorry. Friedberg and Seltzer will write and direct the feature, which aims to begin shooting in the fall. Paul Hansen of Co- Paul Hansen of Covert Media will produce and finance the film with Broken Road Productions. Yeah, burning hell, dude. Jason and Aaron are a powerhouse duo who have proven time and time again that they are fully tapped into what audiences loved. What is this guy talking about? Their fearless take on pop culture has us beyond thrilled to tackle the world's most popular franchise with two of them leading us into a galaxy far, far away. Eat shit, dude. Star Wars is the second project in the works from Broken Road. The second being Resurface, an underwater thriller directed by The Dark Knight and Inception visual effects supervisor Paul Franklin. Oh, that guy. Star Wars, Star Worlds, episode XXXIVE equals MC squared. The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, Who Went Rogue, is a production of Covert Media. Yeah, you already told us that. Why? Steven, an extra paragraph. Just for words. Word count. Doesn't this sound like a nightmare? Okay, there's some comments. Let's see what people say. Police. There's only one good Star Wars spoof, and that's Spaceballs. These guys are partly the reason most people think that parody on film is dead. The Wayans Brothers created the scary movie franchise. <laughs> Another person said, yeah, I thought they did too. These Those guys suck. Seriously, those movies are all terrible. They just scammed off of the scary movie franchises, I guess. And they take them on afterwards. Seriously, I hate those movies so much. I don't want to see this movie happen. Can Jay and Silent Bob go to Hollywood and stop it from being made, please? Wouldn't that be great? Okay, this is... uh, Wait, let me move that back over here. It's a shtick I should stay with, don't you think? (laughs) You know how The Walking Dead, they never seem to be in winter? They've avoided winter on the show. Well, I just saw this story. The Walking Dead would need a standalone special to feature snow. (laughs) Seven seasons in, we're used to the sweet, sweat-drenched aesthetic of AMC's The Walking Dead. Given summer shoots in the Atlanta climate, said schedule has never allowed The Walking Dead to film in the truly cold, even snowy conditions, as frequently seen in the comics for which producers discuss the potential for a standalone episode filmed in winter. Even as Walking Dead comics have only occasionally made use of the weather as a plot point, there's no denying that the AMC series has overlooked any sense of colder months. 
odd given that the story moved from Atlanta to outside Washington, D.C. The series shoots in Atlanta, for which executive producer Greg Nicotero told ComicBook.com he'd at least thought out what it would take for a snow episode. I don't know how we'd pull it off. I would love to do it. I know that Scott Gimple would love to do it. The show is 52 weeks a year. To literally generate an in-between script and shoot in the winter, I don't know how we'd pull it off, even though I think it would be great. I think everybody would love to do it because it would be different. I would never want to rule it out. But it's tough because it would mean that in the middle of finishing episodes to air, we'd have to be writing another episode. Then you'd have to bring everybody back for a standalone, which would be expensive. Still, it's an intriguing thought, if only to shake up The Walking Dead's visual aesthetic. Oh, the second time you said aesthetic, dude, you're running out of words. And perhaps tell a one-off story removed from... How about this? Potato flakes, okay? Can you do potato flakes, Stephen? They'd be delicious. <laughs> uh, the, by the way, The Walking Dead returns this Sunday, Stephen. Okay. You holding out for that? I am. All right, let me move this back. Let me move to here. Okay, Stephen, next story. Ben Affleck's Batman movie will reportedly undergo major rewrites. No. No. So, at first we thought this Batman movie is going to be directed by Ben Affleck, starring Ben Affleck, written by Ben Affleck. Am I right? Right. Well, now Ben Affleck is saying he can't direct it and be in it. It's just too big a movie. It's not going to happen. Well, get this. These are dark days for the Dark Knight. Less than two weeks after Ben Affleck announced he would not direct the Batman, a solo film that would see him continue his role as the Cape Crusader following Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. All right. See, word count. They're doing it again, aren't they? And the Justice League, which comes out this summer to a theater near you. Check your local listings. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me with this? (laughs) Comes a report in Forbes a magazine that the movie will need major rewrites or possibly a completely new script whenever someone is hired to assume the director's chair. They even hint at the possibility on the low end of odds that Affleck may not dome the cape and cow at all for Batman. More from Forbes on the latest developments. The project will undergo substantial changes and possible, probably another full rewrite. Word is that the project will essentially get a fresh start once a new creative team has been put together. I say get the guys who did uh, Epic Movie on that instead of that Star Wars movie. Star Worlds movie. According to Forbes, Warner Brothers is currently meeting with directors to take over the project. With Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Matt Reeves pegged as the frontrunner. That's a good choice. The report also calls into question whether the Batman will retain... Do you like that pronounce, pronunciation of retain? Will retain Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke, who was originally envisioned as one of the film's main villains in the screenplay, written by Ben Affleck, who starred in as a Cape Crusader following Batman v Superman, Donna Justice, and <laughs> Justice League. Christ. Didn't they already say that? And Jeff Johns, with an assist by Justice League and Argo writer Chris Terrio. Wow. Terrio. Terrio. If the film really is about to undergo substantial revisions, that could include an entirely new story and entirely new bad guys for Batfleck. The Batman is supposed to debut in 2019. You don't need to be the Clock King to know that time is running out to make this deadline. (laughs) Uh, Wow. What do you think of that, Steven? Oh, 
story. You said it. Now here's another. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is coming out this summer, Steve. And yes, I'm sir. excited about it. What about you? I'm ready. Did you see that baby Groot? <laughs> Doesn't he look cute? Well, guess what? And he talks dirty. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is scoring higher than any other Marvel movie. That's right. It's managed to break a Marvel Studios film record even before landing in theaters. The sequel to the 2014 surprise hit, Guardians of the Galaxy... Hit a hit scored a perfect 100 in test screenings. That's right, beating previous high scores of Iron Man 3 in the Avengers and Marvel internal metrics, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Both films scored in the 90s out of 100, but Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. 100. The majority of film studios recruit audience test screenings in the Los Angeles area. Viewers will watch a movie and then be asked to rate it on a scale between 1 and 100. Marvel does things slightly different with a friends and family screening. Approach an approach which allows them to control security leaks and spoilers from getting out to the public. Public. The process has been in place since Iron Man kicked off the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the MCU. While 100 score is something for Marvel to be proud of, it can only be compared to other films produced by the studio since non-Marvel movies use different screening procedures. Producers and executives caution against putting too much weight on the movie's audience audience score. One producer stated, It's a single tool in a whole toolbox arsenal. Some examples of lower testing films that went on to have massive success are Pretty Woman, which had a score in the 70s, Black Swan, which had a 55 score, Forrest Gump, which had an 88 score, and Argo, 90s. Horror movies tend to draw some of the lowest scores in the 60s. TV shows also conduct testing, with Glee and Hill Street Blues given as examples of series that tested poorly, that were embraced by audiences. Another executive is quoted as saying, what an audience enjoys isn't necessarily what it responds to. Even when so much, so basically, they're telling you why this story is pointless. That <laughs> even with so much audience testing taking place, some studios skip the process altogether. The decision can come down to special effects not being done in time for testing, or for secrecy concerns like the Star Wars franchise. Written and directed by James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy's Volume Two. Guess who it stars? Steven, Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, no. Bradley Cooper, David Bautista, a whole new crew, Vin Diesel, Karen Gilliam. Palm Clementif and Kurt Russell. The film arrives in theaters on May 5th. They should have recast everyone. Screw it. Yeah. I like how they have to tell us, like, uh, oh, by the way, Zoe Saladonna's coming back. Woohoo. Chris uh, Pratt. <laughs> All right. This, is, this story, the reason I'm reading this story is because this show that I'm about to tell you about, uh, is being written, I don't know if it's created by him or whatever, but it's the guy who created Chuck, Chris Fedak. But when I I read about this show that he pitched ABC, and it sounds like a total, complete effing ripoff of The Mentalist. Remember that show? Uh-huh. Did you ever watch it? No. The mentalist, you know, he's like a sleight of hand mentalist. Right. He could, you think he's reading your mind, but really he's looking at tells, you right, know, right. and he works with the FBI. Well, which is psych. 
yeah, it's psych. We've seen it before. That remember that show Lie to Me with Tim Roth where he could tell if people are lying just yeah. by looking at him. Right, right. Okay, so um ABC's magic pilot Deception it lands its lead star. Jack Cutmore Scott. Oh, that guy, Stephen? Has been tapped to star in ABC's magic pilot Deception. Entertainment Weekly has learned. The Cooper Barrett's Guide to Surviving Life alum will play superstar magician Cameron Black, who, after his career is ruined by scandal, has only one place to turn to his practice, his art of deception, illusion, and influence. Guess where it is? The FBI. That's right, Stephen. He'll become the world's first consulting illusionist, helping the government solve crimes that defy explanation and trap criminals and spies by using deception. Note, the project is not to be confused with NBC's short-lived revenge-style drama of the same name. Oh, yeah, there was a show called Deception on NBC. Don't remember. Maybe they should change the name. Chris Fedak of Chuck will write and executive produce the Warner Brothers TV project with Blindspot trio Greg Berlanti, Martin Garrow, and Sarah Schechter, as well as David Nutter. <laughs> that guy's a total nutter. Renowned magician and New York Times crossword constructor David Kwong, who's a consultant on Blindspot, will also serve as a co-producer. Okay, this show just sounds so derivative, doesn't it? Oh my god! They don't want anything new. Anybody Everything works. consultant. Why, why fix it? I just, it, the guy who created Chuck has come up with this. He just wants to get a show on TV, I think, again. Uh, he was working on Legends of Tomorrow, but I guess he wants to work on his own show. Here's some cool news. Uh, I don't, you have an Xbox One, right? Yes, sir. Hey, have you... Uh, used any of your old games to play that are backwards compatible? Have you paid attention to that? No. Uh, I have. Every once in a while, I'll stick some. Like I played Red Dead Redemption, but now Grand Theft Auto 4 is now backward compatible on the Xbox One, Steven. That's pretty cool. I think I have that one. I played that all the way to the end. That was a really good story in that game. I never finished Grand Theft Auto 5, but I love Grand Theft Isn't Auto that what 4. came out when I moved into my house you came over to help me set up it on 360 i think so yeah it's the one with nico grand theft auto 4 is the latest classic xbox 360 become backward compatible with xbox one originally released in 2008 the universally acclaimed open world action game is now playable on modern hardware both grand theft auto 4 and grand theft auto episodes from liberty city which contain its two expansion packs are now playable on the xbox one i know when i put this game in i'm gonna go dude the graphics are so dated now because x because uh, gta 5 looks so awesome and i know going back to 4 it'd just be ah it doesn't hold up but i'm sure it'll still look okay uh, um, so owners of the original Xbox 360 disc can use those, or they can purchase digital copies in the marketplace. Grand Theft Auto 4 joins Grand Theft Auto 5 as one of the mainline entries of the long-running series available on Xbox One. Both are among the most widely beloved titles. You know what? I want to play those again to see that in- incredible Kleinman! Do you remember that Kleinman guy? No. I didn't, get, I didn't get very far into it. Hey, shit. He was like, you could play the game and you could go into this uh, nightclub where they'd have a, an illusionist. He was like a magician. And he would do these things with like uh, the his assistant and something would always go horribly wrong. 
and finally he dares he's gonna pull off a like catching a bullet thing and he just dies on stage i believe there's one where he does the thing it's very all disturbing shit like his assistant becomes he's like oh no you're a quadriplegic what have i done or something like that it's really messed up shit but i'd like to replay it just to see that part it's pretty cool Okay, this is. Have you ever played any of the Castlevania games? I mean, they go back a long ways, like a hundred years ago. Back in the, remember, he's got the whip kind of thing. Well, guess what? Castlevania is going to be a new animated series on Netflix, and the showrunner wants the series to be on par with the Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. Awesome. Okay, Castlevania showrunner Addy Shankar. This is from Polygon has big plans for his new series on Netflix that will reach Game of Thrones levels in scale of gruesomeness in scale and gruesomeness, but with cinematic battles akin to the Lord of the Rings. Shanker spoke to Polygon today about Netflix's new series, and while he couldn't give too much information away, he did comment on his vision for the show. According to Shankar, the series is going to set the bar for video game adaptations. If you look at Game of Thrones, each season was bigger than the last. What was that? I don't think there's been too many great video game to movie adaptations. No. <laughs> the last season had that huge Jon Snow battle, I mean, which was like a scene from Lord of the Rings. I'd like to do something along those lines. And it's animated. You can, dude. I don't know. As far as how much input Konami... Konami... The developer behind Castlevania franchise has in the series, Shanker couldn't say... The showrunner also declined to comment on which characters were going to be in the show, which era the series is set in, or what elements from the original game will be included. Shanker said that uh, information will be released in the next couple of weeks, including which actors will be voicing the characters. Casting is done, and the show is going to be released this year. I really can't comment, and I don't think fans of Castlevania are going to want to read spoilers. Yeah, he's right. There are no fans of Castle. <laughs> Shaker, oh, a self-proclaimed mega fan of the Castlevania series, said he believes fans of the franchise will dig it because the show is coming from someone who poured hours upon hours of gameplay into the game. Games. When asked about concern over the backlash from the Castlevania fan community in the same way directors like Zack Snyder have received backlash by the way they portrayed beloved characters on film, Shaker was positive. I think back, backlash comes from a place of inauthenticity. Fans know when things are being changed as a way to make more money, and when parts of a movie or show are being changed to make a better story. When asked if he was going to change parts of Castlevania to make the series feel more like a TV show and not a straight adaptation, Shanker admitted he couldn't get into that or anything specific, but pointed to Dread, the 2014 film he executive produced as an example of what he was talking about. It's a kind of departure from the comics based on the source material, but you could argue that the source material was more of a political satire than it was an action script. Dread amounted to be a wall-to-wall action movie, and because it was a perspective on, the char- on a character and a universe that came from someone who understands the world, it felt authentic. Shanker hinted that Castlevania, which is definitely not intended for children, will follow suit and be an interpretation of the Castlevania franchise. He added that if you're a gamer or someone who's played Castlevania before, the Netflix series won't come across as an inauthentic cash grab. 
More information is expected to be released in the next few weeks. There's currently no release date for the series at this time, but the first part of the first season will be released this year. All right. Very awesome, right, Steven? Did yes. you get all that? Um, this was kind of funny. Have you seen the trailer for The Great Wall? This yes. movie with uh, Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. Some people are saying it's a whitewashing kind of thing because, right. you know, what's Matt Damon be in there for? But we know why. It's to market the movie and sell tickets, right? Yep. Well, apparently there was a trailer that got put up that the CGI was so bad that it was then yanked. Watch the Great Wall trailer that got deleted because of its terrible CGI. This story does have an update also. Universal Pictures published a teaser for its upcoming The Great Wall movie last night, but hastily deleted it following mass criticism and teasing online because of the terrible CGI. The part of the trailer that was being mocked can be seen in the photo below. In it, a giant green monster can be seen rushing a group of warriors on the wall. In the original video, Matt Damon is standing off to the side, wielding a sword and prepared to fight. I don't know if you see it right there. It didn't take long after Universal tweeted out the teaser for people to start poking fun at it. <clears throat> for example, someone said... That's not I, a sword that he's holding anyways. This is, looks like a bow. Uh -huh. I hope this isn't finished footage. Another person said, The Great Wall movie just tweeted this clip of a CGI beast in the movie. It's laughably bad. I think the effing asset is unfinished. Another person said, This movie costs $150 million to make and has graphics like a PS2 game. <laughs> unfortunately, this isn't the first time that a movie under Universal Pictures' banner had to deal with an unfortunate trailer incident. Back in December, Universal accidentally published a trailer for The Mummy. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. The Tom Cruise Mummy. Oh, man. Good stuff. Tom Cruise is great. <laughs> Missing the background sound effects. The trailer, w which was published on both YouTube and Twitter, was quickly taken down. Eventually, the trailer got turned into a meme or Mimi, if you pronounce it wrong, with video editors replacing screams from various movies with high-pitched wail of Tom Cruise let loose at one point. The difference between the two incidents is that the Mummy's trailer was viewed as funny, if an inf unfortunate incident, whereas the Great Wall was just creating a cause for concern. This hasn't been the only issue Universal has had to deal with since the production of the film began. When Damon's casting was announced... Both the actor and the studio were faced with backlash from audiences over the film's alleged whitewashing. Both Damon and director Yimu Zhang have defended his role in the film, with the former speaking out about the controversy in December. In an interview with the AP, Damon said the Great Wall wasn't altered in any way to incorporate him. He said he took the entire issue of whitewashing, which he viewed as the act of a white person changing their appearance to look Asian, very seriously. Damon also called out the media for creating a controversy and outrage where there was no reason for it. People fall for outrageous headlines, but eventually you stop clicking on some of those more outrageous things because you realize there's nothing to the story when you get to it, Damon said. <clears throat> Yeah, well, the the show wouldn't work, Damon, if we did that, right? i got to right. click on these stories. Universal has not issued a statement about the trailer. Okay. Update. The page hosting the mirrored video was removed, but a photo of the terrible CGI in question 
can be seen above. So they're Stephen, they're erasing all existence of this horrible CGI photo. Oh, small rats onto the back. That's funny. <clears throat> I wish I could see it now. But you know that happens. They do old. Um, I mean, they do unfinished, unfinished uh, effects. Well, Stephen, that's my news stories for the week, huh? There was one other that I thought of. Speaking of Kevin Smith, I just saw this uh, on the, on the internet. Uh, let me read this to you, Stephen. This from NewJersey.com, the NJ.com. Kevin Smith announces Jay and Silent Bob reboot film. While all of Jersey was busy shoveling driveways on Thursday, Kevin Smith was on social media sharing with fans his latest project, a Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which at least for now is actually called Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Smith, 46, posted the cover of the movie script, a first draft dated February 5th on Instagram and Facebook with a detailed explanation of where the project fits in the context context of his other work. He said the movie is so far the best bet to see his <laughs> view universe return to theaters. Production, he said, could begin as early as this summer. The Red Bank native who grew up in the Highlands recently directed episodes of the CW series The Flash and Supergirl, mm-hmm. which the comic book diehard called Such a Slice of Heaven on Earth. He explained that a planned Clerks 3 movie never happened because one of the four leads has dropped out. And a Mallrats, a Mallrats movie that has turned into a Mallrats TV series has been pitched to six networks with no luck. Smith said he took solace in knowing he still had his AMC reality show Comic Book Men set at Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash along with two movies, Tusk and Yoga Hosers, the latter starring his daughter Harley Quinn Smith along with several podcasts. Mind you, I'm not complaining. Nobody gets to make everything they want to make in this business. And I've been lucky to make anything at all. There's so much competition out there. So so many much cooler ideas from fresh folks. The writer, director, and actor went on to explain that the rights to Clerks and Mallrats are owned by studios that he sold to. Parties that can often be not so open to new material. I don't mind. Back in the day, all I ever wanted to do was sell my stuff so I could be in the movie biz in the first place. So I don't own Clerks or Mallrats, Chasing Amy, or Dogma, but I do own Jay and Silent Bob. So while I love playing with someone else's new toys on The Flash or Supergirl, I'm getting eager to play with my old toys again. And the interconnected view new view universe view universe I spent the first half of my career creating. I can't talk all of a sudden, but... uh that sounds interesting. I had no idea he didn't. I mean, I figured he owned part of those things, but I guess he owns Jay and Silent Bob. You know, when I heard about the Mallrats series, I was hoping, I was thinking that was already set to get made, you know. Well, I heard about it too. And I know he recently bailed on the uh, the uh, Buckaroo Bonsai series too. Right, right. So that's like, you know, you can get excited about things, but they fall apart in Hollywood all the time, you know. All right, Stephen, it's time to read Rotten Tomatoes. What do you say? Let's do it. This week, a lot of cool movies have come out. John Wick Chapter 2, which we're totally going to go see tomorrow, right? Hopefully. Uh, Lego Batman movies coming out. You know that's going to be fun. Right now, John Wick is 91% fresh. Lego Batman movie is 91% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. But one film I want to talk about, Stephen, is called... Fifty Shades Darker, Uh-oh. the sequel to Fifty Shades of Grey, currently 9% rotten. 
I think uh, instead of doing the Star Worlds, they should do a Fifty Shades spoof. Yeah, should it still be like rated R with nudity? That way, just leave. That way, they just leave <laughs> Star Wars. <alone>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't I, care what it has. Oh <laughs> God, it's gonna be so bad. And you know what? Let me ask you. While Rotten Tomatoes is lo- loading really slowly, I don't know what's going on with the website, but um, Spaceballs. Uh huh. Is it that funny? No. It was on it's, recently. It's humorous. Heather always has it on the HBO comedy channel that was on. And she was like, look, Spaceballs is on. I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't seem that excited about it. And she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. But it's not really that funny. It's mostly just a stupid movie. And she was like, what? I was like, it is. It's a stupid movie. I mean, it, if you're the right age when it came out, I'm sure it's better. Right. But I was already cynical teenager when it came out, and I was kind of like, whatever. I mean, it's no Blazing Saddles or anything like that. Am I right? Well, I'd say kind of Mel Brooks was the writing went downhill after, you know. Yeah. So let's see, Stephen. Fifty Shades Darker. 110 reviews counted. Nice. 10 fresh, 100 rotten. (laughs) Okay. Amy Nicholson of MTV liked it, Stephen. She said, the movies aren't so bad, they're good. They're so brilliantly bad, they're genius. With Foley dutifully presenting every inane plot point while gifting us excuses to laugh. Andrea Gronval of the Chicago Reader says, Other than Dornan's exceptional physique, the movie offers little gratification, delayed or otherwise. (laughs) Okay. Jake Coyle of the Associated Press says, The kind of movie that's fun only when you're laughing at its flaccid attempts at drama. (laughs) James Barrera-Dinaninelli Barrera-Dinaninelli I always have problems with this guy's name of real view says this is a bad film at times. It's nigh unwatchable, but that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I gave it a 1.5 out of four. I got to go. Okay. He drove away. Steven Melissa Anderson of the village voice says no safe word can protect you from the sequels depleting incoherence. It's punishing pileup of plot and it's a, inability to successfully stage even once the franchise's claim to notoriety sex scenes whether accessorized with hardware or not yeah that's pretty good i like that what do you think that's a mouthful huh i need to drink water after that one steven <laughs> laura bennett of slate says here we are again watching two anatomical marvels writhe meaninglessly in the moonlight like a burlesque performed by bots. Okay. Sinan Featherson says, to say Fifty Shades Darker is a disappointment is not only an understatement, but a ridiculous one. Let's be clear, it was never going to be good. I give it a 2.5 out of 5. Burn in hell. Oh my god. Average. 2.5, right? Tina Hassania says that the follow-up to Fifty Shades of Grey should be really called Fifty Shades of Vanilla. (laughs) Uh, uh, Let's read a positive review, Stephen. I'm all this negativity. Stephen Romay of The Australian says, Personally, mate, 
I think these three books and the two films to date are interesting in their way. They're not golden, but then they are not vanilla either. It's a bit of all right. All right. Three out of five. Not bad. I hope Rick Lidster isn't offended by that, is he? He might laugh. Now I'm going to throw my boomerang. (laughs) Ah, it's coming back. Watch out. Okay, John Lasser of IGN Movie said, The last movie in the trilogy is due out in a year's time, so perhaps it will cause all that has preceded it to make more sense. I give it a 3.9 out of 10. Wait. 3.9 out of 10. It says it's fresh, but I'm sorry, a 3.9 out of 10 is not a good review. Uh -uh. Look, it's fresh. That should be rotten. 3.9 out of 10. Hold on a second. This is proving once and for all that Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. Let's see. Look, the verdict. Is it possible to sit through Fifty Shades Darker without being bound and gagged? Awful. Look, it's called awful. Mm -hmm. But look, they they gave it a fresh. The whole system is jacked, Steven. I want to recount. It's wrong. This is bullshit. Oh, excuse me, guys. The two and a half stars was closer to fresh, and it was rotten. I know. What the hell, man? Oh, wait. One more, Stephen. Louise Keller of the Urban Cinephile. Oh, my favorite kind. <laughs> like a holiday page turner, this film is a big tease. Perfect for a girl's night out. Or a date night, if the man is willing. <laughs> Richard Roper, okay, I gotta do Richard Roper, okay? I don't mean do him, I mean read his review. I've said too much. Okay, Steven, pull down all 50 shades. This movie made me sleepy. (laughs) Two out of four. Okay. Oh, wait, one more. Liz Braun of the Toronto Sun. Very, 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 very boring. That's what the review is. Do they get paid by the word? I just put a hundred varies on there. <laughs> wow. Okay. Steven, let's pick a new movie. What do you say? Sure. Uh, I saw A Dog's Purpose in the theater. And okay. this, uh, you know, that movie with, uh-huh. uh, remember there was some kind the of controversy. Reincarnated. Yeah, it's about a dog being reincarnated, but there was some kind of video where the, the dog got pushed in PETA the said that it was unethical treatment because that's PETA and we all know that I'm I'm sorry but I think that animals should be treated right they shouldn't be abused etc whatever you shouldn't abuse an animal just to get your take in a movie but it wasn't so bad I think they even investigated and said no dog was harmed in the this movie well, it may have seemed and, and mean the, or the something the dog had done the take several times from a different angle and yeah. they changed the angle on it and the dog was confused so it looked like he didn't want to go in yeah 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 so, so. it's all out of context so it's kind of stupid so I saw this movie by the way I just want to say this about the movie we saw it at the mall instead of Cinemark I saw it with uh, my wife, my mother-in-law, my daughter, and my niece. And we sat in the theater. Movies already started. I was on the far left on the end by myself. Um, movies started. All of a sudden we hear... <laughs> bunch of teenagers come up, sit right behind me. And they're loud. And they're rowdy. And they're talking shit to each other. Like, fool, I'm about to hit you. 
Oh, yeah, show do me some. I'm just like, okay, yeah, this will stop in a second, right, Steven? Whole movie. Them, they would get up, they would change places where they'd all move around like they were playing musical chairs. They'd get up, run down, come back with popcorn, like run up. So I was pretty miserable the whole movie. But the movie's cute, you know? Yeah. It's uh, it's dogs, you know, puppies. Oh, you know, whenever they show the puppy, it's like, oh, or whatever. So anyway, it's got a 35% rotten. And I th- I think I... It's I, all because of... It's manipulative. Well, I, well, maybe, but I think it's manipulative because you're going to see stuff about a puppy or a dog put in peril. And then when you're like crawling or whatever. But I thought it was a sweet movie. It was harmless. Okay. But Pete Travers, who likes everything, says a manipulative script about dog reincarnation that whacks your emotions like a pinata. That's forgivable. But no mercy for a film charged with canine abuse behind the scenes. It shouldn't happen to a dog. A 1.5 out of 4. He's totally biased by that story. Do you see that? Uh So when it came out that they were cleared about it, does he go back and change his review? No, he's an asshole. (laughs) Uh, Did I say that? (laughs) Joe Morgenstern, who doesn't like dogs, says, A dog's purpose left me cherishing my borderline venerable skeezics. Longing to see Scamp and Fluff and Sukashi and Sally, the dear departed dogs of my life, and wishing I could have been reincarnated as a better master than I was. See, I'm just kidding there. The reason he doesn't like dogs because he liked the movie. If he liked dogs, he would hate the movie because they mistreated animals. Am I right, Steven? Right. No, but I thought the same thing. When I watched the movie, basically what the movie's about is a dog. Every time it dies, it comes back and it remembers its first owner. And it wants to get back to him, no matter he comes back as a corgi, a German shepherd, or whatever. He's a lazy dog. He's a hero dog, etc. Um, I thought of my first dog. But he ba- wants to go back to Sam. I'm just using that as a name. Owner. Exactly. Uh, and I remember my first dog, Benji Sue. It, she was a girl, but it reminded me of Benji from the movie. So I called her Benji, but she was a girl. So my mom called her Benji Sue. And she was like the perfect dog, like the best, the kind of dog that I could walk anywhere and she'd follow me kind of thing. Uh, like our beagle, you can't let her outside without a leash. She'll never come back, you know. But this dog, when my mom would take us to school, she would chase after the car and you go, go home, go home. She'd turn around and run back or whatever. She's a perfect dog. After this movie, I was like, I wonder how many times Benji's come back. She's looking for me, you know, <laughs> and you start thinking of stuff like that. You start thinking about your first oh, pets. California. Yeah. No, that was here. Oh. And I, I just like, I want my dog back. But that's the thing. They're reincarnation. You're not going to reincarnate probably in the same town, right? It's going to be all over. What if it's a snake? <laughs> back as a dog. I think dogs just reincarnate as dogs, according to the movie. There's no explanation of the phenomenon in the movie, Stephen, but Katie Walsh of the Los Angeles Times said, all the emotional residents of a dog-themed novelty coffee table book. Okay. Um, Daniel M. Kimmel says, when the real-world news is so unsettling, a feel-good movie won't change things, but it provides some pleasant, if temporary, relief. Yeah. See, that news that came out from Peter or whatever, did you know they even canceled the premiere? They were going to have yeah, a big yeah. premiere? Yeah. Uh, I think that's interesting. I think uh, 
I think it's a harmless movie. It's fun for the whole family. Going there and throwing tomato soup on people. And I made a joke to Bill because I said, "Hey, I went to go see a dog's purpose. I wonder how they got all those dogs to act so well." And Bill was like, "By beating them." (laughs) (laughs) We were just totally joking around about that. Uh, Doris Tukamarkin of the the Film Journal International says, Warm, emotionally effective film for dog lovers of all ages traces the many lives of one canine on its soul's journey through different bodies, breeds, generations, and owners. A lovely film. Here's one funny thing. The main character of this film is uh, an actor I'd never heard of before, right? After we saw the movie, then we watched Riverdale on the CW uh-huh. and Archie. I was like, that guy looks familiar. Who is that? And Heather was like, I know. I don't. I recognize him too, but I don't know what from. So we looked up on IMDb, of course, and it's the guy from A Dog's Purpose. This is his movie. He's not a redhead in there. Yeah, he's not a redhead in Dog's Purpose. But uh, Steve, what do you think of Riverdale so far? Have you watched all the episodes? Yes. Yeah. What do you think? I, I I don't know what to think. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Heather and I watch it. We're we're entertained by it. We're amused. We laugh at kind of like the teenage yeah. talk. Or now in all shows, it happens where somebody goes hashtag something something. You know, yeah. th- doesn't that happen to every show now? Right. Where it's just in the vernacular, and I kind of roll my eyes at that. Like, <laughs> hashtag Sigabuku. I do think it's funny that Luke Perry's in the show though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, they've always got these shows always have like the bitchy characters, etc. you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Steven, that's the end of our Rotten Tomatoes. Okie dokie. Um, so guys, that was let's read Rotten Tomatoes. And that's all I got. So Steven, I think that's it for our show this week. But guys, if you would, please visit etlandfill.com there. You can get all of our other shows trailer react movie react whatever react you know visit on twitter visit us on twitter visit us on facebook etc all right sounds good so guys that's our show steven i'll see you next time see you later <laughs> bye everybody Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for a wonderful return to film, television, and pop culture type stuff. I got nothing. You know how it is. Let me get back into the swing of things. Now this is podcasting.